All right. Um, we're going to pray for a moment. Father, thank you for the gift of who you are. I could just stop the prayer right there. Ha, <laughs> ah, thank you for the gift of who you are to us. What a father, what a, a, a loving, caring, attentive father you are. Jesus, what a beautiful Savior. Beautiful Savior. Strong, uh, caring, big brother. Holy Spirit, how sweet, sweet, sweet you are. God, we value you and your presence. We value your presence. God, thank you that you value us so much that you have deposited yourself inside of us. Wow. Wow. That's going to take eternity to, to um, fathom. But that's how highly you value us. Not, not only that Jesus died for us, that right there, the cost of his blood shows our value. But the value that you decided with each one of us, I want myself inside of you. Wow. <laughs> Whew. Thank you. Thank you. No wonder, no wonder that we're joined with the saints and the angels and the four living creatures tonight singing holy, 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 holy are you. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I think I'm done. Like we're done. Let's just finish. <laughs> no, we got a lot of living to do, right? <sighs> um, if you got your Bibles, turn them open to Genesis 12. I haven't said that very often, have I? If you have your Bibles, right? I always put it up there for you. Now some of you are like going, oh no, oh no. I didn't know that was our culture now. Um, I really want to encourage you to open your Bibles daily and often. There is so much good stuff in there. And um, as long as you will, especially if you ask Holy Spirit to help you, to, to look at it with you, oh my goodness, you are going on a treasure hunt like you cannot believe. It's all, it's, it's in there. I'm seeing stuff all the time. I went to, you know, Bible call at seminary. I, uh, you know, I churches all my life. I'm telling you, I'm seeing things in the scriptures daily that I never saw before. It never gets old. It just doesn't. Not if you have the living Jesus, living Holy Spirit inside of you. He'll make it fresh. 
And in fact, tonight I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you about some things I just really didn't catch the way he's showing me now. But I keep getting drawn back to Abraham. And I know I've mentioned him several times in the last few months. This is one of those, honestly, where earlier I was thinking, no, I can't talk about Abraham again. You know, I've been, been talking about him a lot. So I'll talk about something else. And then I had about, you know, 10 other things that I was thinking, well, I could do that. That'd be awesome. We could talk about healing tonight. We could look at a day in the life of Jesus, some awesome things. And uh, in the end, about an hour before I came here, I said, Lord, I don't, I don't know. He goes, well, why don't you talk about what you were going to talk about? Because that was what I put on your heart. You're right. You're right. So um, in Genesis 12, this is the first time, actually Abraham's mentioned a couple sentences before, but only like in the litany of, you know, who's, who, who, uh, children, fathers, all the, all the rest, the lineage, the descendants. But in, in chapter 12 of Genesis, it just like starts telling a story almost out of nowhere. It just says, Yahweh said to Abraham, you know, nowhere in Scripture is it explained yet. This is just Genesis 12. It doesn't explain anything yet about God talking to people. In fact, I mean, you know, there's... I, I take that back. I mean, there's... Mo, there's, um, Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going, there's that one, there's that one. Yeah, yeah. Noah is one I was thinking of. Um, so there, there are other places, so I didn't mean it quite like that. But just out of the blue, God said to Abraham, and I thought actually to Abram, because his name hadn't changed yet, and um, I realized right there, sometimes we read stories like this and we kind of disqualify ourselves. Well, well, yeah, if God talked to me like that, I would go do what Abram did, right? I want to propose something to you. And that is that I believe that what happened here is very, very similar to the very same way he t- speaks to you and I. And we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us now, by the way. But I'm just saying... This scripture is, is written later after these events have happened. Somebody, you know, most think Moses, but somebody starts writing it all down. And the point is this, they start telling a story. And in that story, Abram says, well, God said to me, and I'm sure people stopped and said, what do you mean? An audible voice? I'm not so sure he would have said yes to that. I'm sure a a lot of the way God speaks, it doesn't say that there was a burning bush like with Moses. It just said, God said to Abram. Um, so I want, I want to say it that way because sometimes I think we read things into scripture that aren't necessarily there. Like, like that somehow God with an audible voice said, Abram, you know, like you see in the movies. Um, I'm saying, I bet you it was more this way inside of his heart. And he just suddenly knew things he didn't know before. So Yahweh says to Abram, leave your country your kindred and your father's house for a country which I shall show you and I shall make you, Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. Like, we read this, but we read it in today's world. How many people were alive then? I don't know, but not a lot. I'm going to make you a great nation. And then later when he tells you I'm going to make your descendants more numerous than the stars or or the grains of sand, Lord, what are you even talking about? You know, what, what's his grid for that even? He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name famous. You are to be a blessing. I shall bless those who bless you. I shall curse those who curse you. And all clans on the earth will bless themselves by you. So Abram went as Yahweh told him. 
And Abram was 75 years old. 75 years old. Let me, let me put this in perspective. The way this is told, I, I, I believe, we are, we are led to believe that, that really Abram was just kind of living his life not aware of Yahweh for 75 years. That may or may not be true, but that's kind of the way I read this. And then God says, Abram, I pick you. I choose you. I choose you. I'm going to pick a person and show the world what, what I can do by blessing one person to bless all the nations of the earth through you. And all of you in this room, and there are a lot of nations represented in this room. I love that. I love that about this place. So many nations here. You are all blessed through Abram, through this promise to Abram. And you're saying, well, no, it's through Jesus. No, because Jesus is in the lineage of Abram. And in fact, in the book of Galatians, it makes it very clear that God's promise to Abraham, Abram, which later Abraham was all about, was fulfilled in Christ, which then opened it up to the world. But it was his promise to Abram that brought the lineage to Jesus. We're all part of that. So I tonight, I, when we were worshiping earlier, this is just wild. I'm just going to tell you, though. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of worship. Terry, you're going to love this one. I'm in the middle of worship, and I'm, I'm feeling the tenderheartedness of God towards Abram. Tenderhearted towards him. Wow. He, the reason why he's the father of our faith is because he said yes to God to something that was crazy amazing. And God was asking nothing of him except, I want you to believe me that I'm this good. Would you do that? He says yes, and because of him, all the nations are blessed. But I felt the tenderness of, of God towards him. And, I'm, and, I, and all of a sudden, this tenderness towards Abram myself, I'm like, wow, thank you. Thank you that you chose to believe God. Do you know that when you and I choose to believe God, it's not just for ourselves? We think it is, it's not. Every time you believe God, something he tells you, some promise, it's, it's actually going to bless f- numerous people, far more than you could possibly imagine. And it's going to bless generations. So while I was sitting there, I said, Abraham, would you come to our service tonight? I actually know that. Terry said he's there. I said, I know. My spirit knows that. This is wild. And I know when I say things like that, you know, some people can go, this is getting a little weird. You know, what, what Terry said earlier about, about uh, heaven and earth being, there's, it's paper thin. And I would say it's less than paper thin. So we're, it's, it's not weird. It's just that we haven't had a grid for this. And I'm telling you, we're going to have to start getting a grid for it because... God, because God's kingdom is becoming more and more clear, more and more manifest. He's not hiding things like he was as much. He's showing us more and more. Why? Because we're eager for it. We're hungry for it. We're asking for it. And he's saying, okay, I don't have a lot of people that ask me for this stuff. You really want this? You want access to my kingdom? You know, why is it? Why did Jesus walk on water? Why did he, all the things that he did, it's because he had access to his father's kingdom that most of the world couldn't see or recognize. But it was right there. It was right there. 
You feeling this? There is faith in the air. (laughs) Wow. I'm telling you, faith is a tangible, it's a substance, it's a gift. It's in the air right now. It's like, there are times when God gives it as a gift and we just know certain things are true. We just know there's things we can do that we didn't think we could do before. Because, ah. I'm going to try to keep going here. Um, by the way, in, uh, in about 20 minutes, the kids are going to join us. So ready or not, I got 20 minutes. That's how much time I have. They're going to come in because we're going to, yeah, I'll explain that in a minute. But they'll be here at quarter tail. So, skipping, only because I have to, to um, chapter 13, and uh, I encourage you later, read, read this. If you want, if you want to uh, look at Abram again, read from Genesis 12 on, and Abraham, that's a whole other story of how God changed his name, but spirit is ruah, ruah in Hebrew is the spirit, so he changed Abram's name to Abraham. Ruah, and he changed Sarai's name to Sarah because the Spirit was doing for them. They were in the midst of the promise of watch what I will do for you. My Spirit will do this, will accomplish this. That was just for free. That wasn't even in my notes. Genesis 13, verse 14. So fast forward, same promise, but he, and God tells Abraham over and over, he tells him the promise, but he keeps adding more and more to it. And he says, he says to Abraham, look all around from you, from where you are right now, to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, for all the land within sight I shall give to you and your descendants forever. We skip right over these things. We go, oh, that was cool. No, actually, we're part of the descendants. We're part of this promise. And actually, it doesn't even end with this life. There's a new heaven, a new earth. I'm not telling you I understand all of this with my brain. Forget that. I cannot understand all this. My spirit knows that exactly what Abram was promised, God meant. For you and your descendants forever, forever. I shall make your descendants like the dust on the ground. When people succeed in counting the specks of dust on the ground, then they will be able to count your descendants too. Now, interesting, he could have stopped right here. He could have said, Abram, see all this? I'm going to give it to you. But but look what happens next. He says, on your feet. Travel the length and breadth of the country, for I mean to give it to you. He already said he was giving it to him. See, I'm I'm making a point about promises right now and about about how God works. It's always partnering with us, but He always makes these outlandish promises. And but 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 sometimes we're just sitting back waiting. He says there are times there are times for that. There are times for resting because there's nothing you can do in the moment. Totally acceptable. There are other times where He says, "On your feet." Get up. I want you to go do something. Abram, this land is all yours, but I'll tell you what, I need you to walk it first. Blazing fire 
has been in, we counted about 17 different venues. Both, both Saturday nights, our school and ministry, our youth group, all the different groups, about 17 different venues. But it always, we always seem to get pulled back into Pleasanton. Every, you know, we go elsewhere and come back here. I know that I know that I know that God has made some promises to us. I'm going to talk even about a place of our own that we just prayed for earlier. But I also know that there was a reason why we were, we were uh, wandering and, and, and traversing around the valley from place to place to place. I know that we were leaving deposits. I know that's true. But I also know he's been working on our hearts in a big way. Anytime a promise takes a while to fulfill, I guarantee you he's working on your heart. Guaranteed. Because he's not a cruel God that says, well, here's your candy. Nope. Yeah, here you go. Nope. Nope. It's not what he does. It's not what he does. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your heart ready because when I give this to you, whoa, boy. I'm, when your heart's ready, this thing is going to be way bigger than you thought it could be if I had given it to you way back here. He's always doing heart stuff. Whew. And then it says, Abram moved his tent. He went to settle at the Oak of Memory at Hebron, and there he built an altar to Yahweh. And I want to tell you, we have built an altar everywhere we have been. My, my definition of an altar, because it's like we would kind of get in trouble with the city councils, you know, if we actually started like building little brick things, you know, around and they're going to have a problem with that. But to me, I look, when I look at different church sites, I mean, some of you can remember Good News, Family Fellowship, the early days, or, or you remember the church. A lot of you associate your, your time with us with where we were when we started. You know, what church were we in when we started? And you can tell me what church it is. Why? Because there's an altar there. It's actually in your heart. But we, we built deep times with the Lord there. That's not going away, ever. Those things remain in the Spirit. Um, so as I was reading this, I remembered a prom- the promise that the Lord spoke to me. Suzanne and I came here 25 years ago. We were associate pastors for seven years in a church, and we were we thought we were leaving the area. And God encountered us in the middle of a movie theater, and 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 told us, God says, He just like God told Abram, I'm telling you, God said, audible voice, no, something that happened this way that I knew that I knew that that moments earlier I didn't know, and. Uh, I'm in the movie theater. Suddenly, everything else is fading away, and I am sobbing because the presence of the Lord just descends. And he tells me that it's critical that I believe him and that he was calling us to stay in this valley. He had already told me prior prior to that that his spirit was going to sweep through this valley, this region, with or without me, and ask me if I wanted to be part of it. See, that's just like the Lord, too, because we have a will, and he wants to know, "Do do you want to be part of this? Because you know where our authority, how we get authority? Our authority comes when we start to actually take ownership of the things God wants to give and where we actually care about things and we're part of the solution because we've taken ownership of it. So if it's just an idea out there, oh God, that'd be cool if it is or if you don't, I'm good either way. That's not really going to work in the kingdom. He wants you to actually agree with him and hang on to these things. And so when I was in that movie theater... 
it, it lasted, I'm guessing, about 10 minutes. It's hard to know exactly time-wise. But in other words, it wasn't like a sentence. It was, it was paragraphs of God talking to me. And I could remember all of it. Like I, I, Afterwards, I was trying to tell Suzanne, and I couldn't even talk to her. Every time I tried to speak, all I could do was break out sobbing. Like not just crying, but sobbing. I couldn't compose myself. And I was out in public, and I couldn't care because there's nothing I could do except cry. And um, and so Suzanne handed me a notebook and said, "Here, write it down." So I'm in the car, you know, right out after the movie, writing it all down. Still have that journal. And to me, by the way, those are some of the altars we build too. Is the journals, the the, the different ways that we notate in my Bible. I'm going to show you a, a promise in a, in a minute. I use my Bible because I write. If some scripture just, I mean, leaps out and grabs my heart, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. Do not reason that away. If something suddenly becomes realer than real to you, this is a wild thing, but unless you do something to remember that, you could forget it in weeks, let alone months or years. You will forget it in months or years in most cases, like especially when you're reading Scripture and something just grips you. I don't know why that is, but for most of us, we're not going to remember. I write it down. I write the date down. I'm going to show you one in a minute. That's an altar. That's saying, this I am not going to forget. Because you you do forget. And when you do, then later you're like, well, did God really do that? Or what, what was I? What, maybe that was, I don't even remember. Maybe it didn't even happen. It's amazing how we start to let go of the key moments in our lives. So write them down or do write in your Bible, do something. So when I was in that movie theater, God instructed me to read um, Hebrews 11. And so I did. And I won't read it all because of time. Uh, it's amazing chapter of faith. It's about a litany of faith. But in verse, I get to verse 8. And it reads, Hebrews 11.8 says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed the call to set out for a country that was the inheritance given to him and his descendants. And he set out without knowing where he was going. By faith, he sojourned, he wandered in the promised land as though it were not his, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. He looked forward to the well-founded city designed and built by God, which is showing also that that um, those that that... that the more we get the heart of God, the more that our thoughts are not just temporal, they're eternal. We start to see the eternal big picture. But as I was reading this, now I'm going to go back and tell you the way it really happened, which is I'm reading it. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed the call to set out for a country that was the inheritance given to him and his descendants. And God says, stop right there. I want you to claim your inheritance in this valley. Claim it right here. Put a stake in the ground. I did that 17 years ago. If you can, I just can't believe how time flies. But 17, 18 years ago, I put my stake in the ground. And here we are. Like, like I don't know if you all realize this, and this is not a boasting moment. I'm, I'm one of maybe two pastors that has been in this whole tri-valley the longest now. I don't know how that happened because it was just yesterday that I got here. You know what I'm saying? But there's something about staying in the game when the Lord tells you that this is the plan that gives you more and more authority and more and more ownership. And, and I'm watching. 
I am watching the atmosphere change in this region. It's tangible. It's undeniable. So God told me, claim your inheritance, which I did. However, this is what I want to tell you. I told you earlier that I'm seeing new things in the scripture all the time. Right now, what the Lord is showing me that I've never really seen so clearly is that he says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed the call to set out for a country that was the inheritance given to him and his descendants. There it is again. It's everywhere in scripture. Everything that God does is is the big picture. And we, especially as Americans, especially we've got this rugged individualism and, and we're even taught and I have taught, you know, about make sure, you know, go after your destiny. All those things where we were thinking, well, I, I, I want my life to count. And so does God. Don't get me wrong. Your life does matter. What you do in your lifetime is very important. I'm just telling you, that's not the full picture. It never will be in God's kingdom. In fact, at the end of the litany of Hebrews 11, it, it says in a nutshell this, it says that we are completing that story of the, of the litany that they started together. We're, we're, we're the whole story. There's one story going on in all of history and it's about Jesus, but we all play a part. Your part matters, but God has been, God has been saying to, uh, to me and to, 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 um, some of us who the elders and others who've been praying about a place of our own is, can you start to get my heart that this is not just about blazing fire, changing, helping being part of changing the environment in this region for a decade or two. This is about establishing yourselves for the sake of my kingdom that's going to impact generations. It's not just about, at times, I just wanted a, a place of our own because I said, well, you know, it'd just be great to have a place where we can host God's presence. And therefore, if God shows up, we don't have to go anywhere. We can do 24-7 if we want. All true. And I, I'm not going to back off on any of that. I want all that. But God's saying, but that's not enough. That's not the whole story. You might be thinking, wait a minute. God's presence is, isn't enough. That's not what I mean. What I'm saying is we're going to have his presence nonstop in heaven. He's saying, but, but here on the earth, there's something I'm doing that you're part of that's going to far outlast you. Are you, are you, are you committed to that? Are, do you want in on that? Because that's where authority is. That's when you start caring about generations that you don't even know yet. See how big this is? It is. It is a legacy. It's something much bigger than us. But I want to say this. When you talk about generations, there's always a sacrifice involved, right? I think about Suzanne's grandparents. We cry sometimes thinking about them. They came over from the Philippines. They established themselves here. They worked so hard at Macy's or whatever it was, you know, jobs that aren't going to pay a ton. And somehow they just worked and worked and worked for their family. And then they started all the grandkids that went to college. They gave them monthly gifts, checks for every grandkid as they went through college and different things like that. They were always just pouring back into the next generations. And that's, that's the kingdom. It is. So I want to go, the, the last thing we're, we got, got to land this plane in five minutes or so. And, um, I'm really enjoying this though. I'm enjoying, <clears throat> I'm enjoying you, Lord. I'm enjoying tonight a lot. Um, 
But I want to go back to a psalm, uh, Psalm 37. And I told you how sometimes I write in my, in my Bible. Well, Psalm 37, there's uh, verse, um, verse 22 says, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot to the whole psalm, but the, but the part that I'm going to talk about is those that God blesses will have the land for their own. And actually, if you look down in that psalm, there it is again in verse 29. And there it is again in verse 34. And on the other side of, of my Bible, on the other uh, you know, edge over there, I have, I said, uh, I wrote down, I have been blessed by Bill Johnson and by Dick Bernal and by Rich Oliver and many others to own land. I can tell you about those moments. I don't have time, but they were impactful. But here's the thing. Each one of those um, men of faith agreed with us that it was God's heart, that we had a, a place of our own. But you know what's even more important than that? Is that on August 1st of 2011, so four years ago, about the time, we just talked about you, Russ, right? I wrote that date down and I put, it's ours, exclamation point. At some point, as God gives us the grace, His Spirit in us, and we start to, something becomes real that didn't feel real just a moment before. We have got to hang on to those moments. There's where we need to build the altars and say, God, you, you, you are outlandishly good. You make these promises that nobody else could fulfill, but then you will fulfill them. So four years ago, August 1st, 2011, I knew in my spirit that day, that's why I wrote it down, it's ours. And I'll tell you, just a week ago or so, as God was, was challenging us as leaders about the generations, and can we think bigger than we've been thinking and more you know, kingdom than we've been thinking, I'll tell you what landed in my spirit is that we are already in the future who God's outside of time. He already, we already have the place. He's already there with us. And so I'm just going to stop right now. This is just a great place because I want to pray. I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you for what you've been stirring up in our hearts. And I, and I, Father, I thank you for, um, that you are a God who makes promises, but not empty ones. And, and you don't make promises and then pulling them away but you're working on our hearts and at times you are giving us uh, an extra sovereign gift of faith to know that we know that we know things that we didn't know before in our spirit. And I thank you, God, you've spoken promises to every person in this room. You have. Bring those back, Lord. The ones that are from you, bring them back and, 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 and uh, inject hope again. And Father... I thank you that outside of time, blazing fire is our, we're already in the place that you have already secured, that we're, we, you already have for us. It's been your great joy to provide it for us.
And I'm speaking it as past tense because that's I'm doing that on purpose. It's been your great joy to provide that for us. And so God, we are just we're just calling that in. <laughs> we're calling it forth. We're saying, God, thank you for that day. And would you bring it in? God, bring that day in. Bring that day in, Lord. Thank you for what you've been doing in our hearts. Thank you, God. As we've been wandering, we've been leaving rich deposits and altars and places of your presence, of your goodness. And God, thank you. Now, I am saying yes, God. I am claiming my inheritance, Father, in this region, putting my stake in the ground, not just for myself, but for my descendants and for the generations, for those that are coming after us. Father, I am claiming it for your sake, for your kingdom, for your purposes. This valley will be filled with your spirit. Nothing is going to stop, God, the ingathering of souls in this region. Nothing is going to stop that. And our answer is yes. Suzanne and I say the same, God, as we said 17 years ago. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We are in. We are all in. There is, there is no other option. And God, thank you for what you're doing in every heart tonight, just right here. Because I know you're, for some of them, you're bringing them back to some promises. Thank you that you are faithful, a faithful, good father. In Jesus' name, amen.